0: Hello, listeners, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of World Forge. World Forge is a podcast by creators and for creators, where we use random prompts to invent just about anything you can imagine. Together, we'll make heroes and villains, ancient monsters and magical cities. And our hope is that we inspire all the other creators and storytellers out there listening to do the same. So, without any further ado, I'm Sam.
1: And I'm Piper.
0: And welcome to World Forge. Alright, welcome back to World Forage, you you filthy animals out there. Hey (laughs) guys, yeah, what's
1: up? Jeez, take a shower already.
0: Yeah, seriously, what's going on? Don't
1: let quarantine take over your life. Yeah,
0: uh, we can can smell you over here. We know what's going on. And And that's uh, saying a lot. Yeah, this is just a little PSA. Um, You can listen to this podcast in the shower. You might not have known that.
1: Yeah, all you have to do is take a little plastic (laughs) Ziploc baggie, stick your cell phone into the Ziploc baggie, press play, seal it shut, Go into the shower.
0: Honestly, you don't even have to do that. I Maybe this is like a weird confession, but a lot of times when I'm in the shower, I just put my phone on the towel rack that's in our shower, (laughs) you know, like watch a YouTube video while I'm in the shower. Oh, that's that's
1: why you're in there for five hours every day. Yeah. Yeah, I sometimes,
0: see. sometimes. I um, see
1: mysteries revealed.
0: But uh, yes, our uh, my my strange bathing habits aside, <laughs> we're glad to have you back here uh, at at the World Forge table here. Yeah. welcome back, listeners. Hi, everybody. We've got we've got a real humdinger for you this week. We're going to be talking about a really exciting topic. Aww. uh anti antiheroes. oh Yeah, no no sense in. You know, building it up, it, we can just let you know. We don't have any suspense for you this week. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's just, it's right here's.
1: up there in, out in the open.
0: It's cool all on its own. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be talking, uh, heroes that don't really have heroic traits mm-hmm. or like non-traditional heroes. Sometimes that means they are bad guys who kind of stumble into doing good things or sometimes it's heroes that stumble into doing bad things or sometimes heroes who intentionally do bad things. Yeah. Um, I, I think we talk a lot on air about how you know, a character's flaws tend to be the most interesting thing about them. Mm -hmm. And so I think kind of the antihero trope is really fun for exactly that reason, because we get to talk about these flaws and we get to talk about really interesting traits of these characters.
1: Yeah. And before we started recording today, uh, I just did a quick uh, Google search just so I could have a basic definition uh, just to affirm what I already knew. Um, But it was also just saying that it's simply the... Main character of a story who has like who does bad things and and has maybe bad intentions, but the the what makes them a hero, quote unquote, is that they are the main character or the center of that tale.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think historically there is a little bit of a there's more nuance to it than Mm -hmm. that. Like if we go back and look at like Shakespearean antiheroes, it's usually or not even just Shakespearean, but like any you know antiheroes from like classical literature, from mythology, from Uh, you know, in any kind of non contemporary works, it tends to be more just heroes who have like self doubt or who are conflicted or who are, you know, maybe they're not super brave all the time. Maybe they're scared of things. They don't even necessarily have to be negative traits or mm-hmm. evil traits, they can just be traits that are not things you would typically attribute to a hero. Exactly. Um, so yeah, again, like just, just having flaws, which is so important, especially if we're talking about in a, you know, D and D setting, because that can be something that has really interesting role play implications, but also interesting mechanical impl- implications. Um, mm-hmm. I really love when I'm, rolling a character or when I, you know, when I'm running a game and my, you know, my players are rolling characters to take flaws as an option, basically in exchange for other good things. It's kind of a cool way to balance out getting some other interesting abilities in exchange for, well, you know, I'm blind in one eye or, you know, one of my feet doesn't work or something weird <laughs> like that. You know, I can't smell. I don't know that. Yeah, <laughs> those classic flaws. Uh, sometimes I go with all three, where I'm blind in one eye and in one nostril, and you have, and my and foot doesn't work. Foot. Yeah. yeah, and I'm missing a foot. How interesting of a D&D character would that be? Am I right? Wow,
1: so interesting. Yeah. Uh,
0: but uh, that's sort of the framework that we're going with here. Um, I've got a ton of examples here right off the bat, so I'm ready yeah. to just jump right in. Yeah, I was finding that. I was having a hard time controlling myself here going through this list. The first one that I wanted to talk about here, which I think might be a little bit of an obvious one for a lot of people, but uh, Batman. He gets a lot of children murdered <laughs> a lot of the time. It's, um, not, an,
1: it's not his fault. That yeah, he's, he's not his under fault. Under his watch. Um, and he knows how dangerous these things are.
0: Sometimes it's his fault. Uh, Sometimes mm-hmm. it's like expressly his fault. <laughs> yeah. But uh I, I think it's interesting because he is a you know, he obviously is a hero. He wants to do good things, but a lot of times he's so preoccupied with you know, vengeance or, you know, he's very kind of like brooding and he doubts if he actually can be effective sometimes mm-hmm. or he'll, you know, the, the methods that he uses are not always the most effective. Sometimes more people get hurt because he so stubbornly refuses to ever actually just kill the Joker or to use a gun or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I think there's an interesting trade-off with Batman. And I think as a direct result of Batman's kind of anti-hero tendencies, mm-hmm. we get characters like the Red Hood. Mm-hmm. Um, A great example of a Another child that dies because <laughs> Batman wasn't able to, you know, wasn't able to protect him or wasn't able to save him. Um, well, not
1: dies, but...
0: Well, okay. Yeah. Yes and no, really. <laughs> I mean, if, if we really want to get into it, the so the history of the Red Hood was that Jason Todd was introduced as the new Robin mm-hmm. and characters were kind of, uh, readers were kind of conflicted on him, so uh, DC kind of famously put a like a call-in phone number at the end of uh, one of these comics and they said, okay, So in this comic, Jason Todd got all beat up. He got kidnapped. You guys get to call in and tell us if you think he should live or die. Mm -hmm. And in the end, it turned out that the, you know, the, the, uh, listeners or the the readers wanted him to die and so he ended up you know i know it was super dark he ended up being (laughs) killed and then later this mysterious character named the red hood came back and he was like a hyper violent vigilante who Mm -hmm. was you know he was kind of trying to clean up gotham in the way that batman was but he wasn't afraid to use guns he just is like murdering villains left and right he doesn't really care and he's got he's got a lot of sort of evil traits to him too that are more in line with some of the villainous characters like i think he's got like goons that kind of help him out he's got sort of a gang or squad or whatever uh and it turns out that it was basically jason todd who is you know mad that batman let him die he was revived by i believe a lazarus pit i was in, gonna say yeah some i'm like
1: there has to be a lazarus yeah. lazarus pit here otherwise yeah. clearly not dead yeah so
0: he he does die definitively I'm, I'm pretty positive and he's brought back by lazarus pit and it kind of makes him go a little crazy mm-hmm. and also he's just like really mad at batman for (laughs) for letting him die yeah so yeah i i think that's an interesting example of uh, of an anti-hero creating another anti-hero absolutely yeah what do you got piper
1: well it bleeds in well into uh two examples that i have here who are also uh Classic. Well, classic. They are they fall under the superhero category, uh, but it's Rorschach and the comedian uh, from Watchmen. Yeah. And uh, again, here we have two people who have superhuman abilities and have decided to don a cape and cowl and have decided to step into this, quote unquote, justice role or whatever. But they are both very corrupt and yeah. violent. And uh, especially at least what I've seen from Watchmen the movie, I feel as if the comedian is way more i don't know he gets really sucked into he the. he
0: enjoys murder he loves people.
1: it he <laughs> really loves it yeah um all those horrifying scenes of when they're in vietnam and he's just doing terrible yeah. things uh but yeah but back home in the states they're advertised as hey here's our here's our heroes yeah and we see similar things in the boys and and yeah, stuff like that for sure. um but so i feel like that is a category where you can you can put a whole bunch of anti-heroes into yeah, the in,
0: into one property yeah into it,
1: the superhero yeah. uh
0: category well i think watchman is also a A really especially good example of that because kind of that's the whole point of Watchmen, right? right? Is that it's most of these superheroes by and large are just regular people Mm -hmm. who have the same kind of flaws and and you know negative personality traits and neuroses as regular people and Mm -hmm. what is it like when they dedicate their lives to trying to do good for people and then the world kind of hates them for it you know they start blaming superpowered individuals for all the problems in the world and they say that well crime and and negativity and evil in the world has escalated as a response to you guys showing up and doing stuff and Mm -hmm. um and these heroes face the same kinds of problems that regular people have socially. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there are, there's a lot that goes into that, I think. That's really, really interesting.
1: Yeah. And there's a different shades there that you're definitely touching on is yeah. the idea of like maybe someone did start out with good intentions, but then they were corrupted. But also, I like kind of the idea that what if, just a psychopath happened to have superhuman <laughs> yeah, abilities, for sure. but they are out there saying they're like, I'm a good guy, yeah, you know, absolutely. but yeah, so it's like it can be all kinds of different things. Who
0: indeed does watch The Watchmen? Yeah, uh, you, you may ask yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> uh, I like that. I had Rorschach on my list, too, mostly just because I couldn't stop thinking about the I'm not stuck in here with you. You're stuck in here with me. Great line. Which is of a movie that has... A lot of like standout moments in it. Like mm-hmm. the opening of that movie I, I would say is probably hands opening. down the best part. Outside of the opening, to me, I thought that was the most <laughs> it's <laughs> just like, Yeah, you're badass. We get it.
1: Yeah. We get it. I like Rochelle. Rorschach. Yeah, I also cool. big fan of Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah who the, plays him. The voice is good. The yeah, he's awesome. Um, okay. I was going to let's see, next I want to jump over we've been watching a lot of Lost lately. Yeah. Uh I think Sawyer is a wonderful example of this. I love Sawyer. Uh he's he is a good guy. He's on the good guy's side. Mm-hmm. He usually, you know, in spite of himself, comes around to kind of playing nice with the rest of the team and, mm-hmm. and helping everybody out. But he's just a real he's a real dick about it. You know, he's always stealing stuff from people. He's always coming up with rude little nicknames. He's he's sort of racist a lot of the time. He is, especially yeah.
1: in the first season. I was yeah. going to say, I feel like Sawyer is an anti hero in season one. Yeah. I think after that point, he's just a hero who's an asshole. I don't yeah. feel like he quite is bad enough later to be an anti-hero anymore. I mean
0: I I think that like perfectly fits the definition of anti-hero it was just a a hero who's kind of a dick but, but yeah he's a, that he's
1: works. he's a really good guy who makes a lot of sacrifices for people for other people's sake. I feel like his his self-loathing of him yeah, his self-loathing maybe makes him seem more bad, yeah. but... I mean, there's I shades
0: of it, you know? Exactly. Like, if, like I, I said, like there's, there's multiple of definitions of this, right? It kind of exists on a spectrum, and you can look at it from kind of the classical sense where it's just people who are... They can be the best person in the world, but they just have some negative traits, mm-hmm. you know? Like, that's a classical anti-hero, which may be very different than looking at a character like a, you know, like a Rorschach or something like that. Yeah. I think those both kind of fit different definitions of this thing, which yeah. I think is what's sort of fun about this, is that um it's so relative right Mm -hmm. um sometimes an anti-hero is an anti you you know we said earlier it's just the main character they don't have to be a hero right we can be watching something where the main character is legitimately just the bad guy yeah but from their perspective, mm-hmm. they are the hero. They may even see themselves as an anti-hero or a hero with kind of flawed morals. Yeah. But the flexibility of this trope, I think, is what makes it really, really cool.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So given what you just said, that actually kind of fades in nicely to my next example, which is, it's probably on your list. And if it's not, uh, you're gonna kick yourself, um, but Walter White.
0: Yeah, it's literally next on my list. Okay,
1: yeah. So I I did a little uh, a little Google search to help uh, like just kind of get me in the mindset, and the first three that came up were all TV main characters, yeah. and it was Walter White, it was uh, Don Draper, uh, yeah. your other fave, and then uh, Tony Soprano. Yep. And it really made me think of. I feel like it's way more common for TV shows to have main characters who are antiheroes yeah. than for movies. And I feel like maybe that's because the episodic format of television is better for maybe showing a character either falling into their antihero traits or trying to rise above their antihero traits. But I think it's a good platform for character growth, yeah. which is something that I think often surrounds anti-hero characters. No, I would,
0: I would totally agree with that. And that was the exact reason that I wanted to talk about Walter White mm-hmm. and Don Draper. Yeah. I, I, they, were, they were my next two on my list, yeah. right? Two of my favorite shows of all time. I think it's really impressive how, and I know you'll disagree with this, but how I think there are definitely times when Walter White is a sympathetic character. Like, he's mostly just a real bad guy and he has a very strong downward turn. But once in a while, you get these little flashes of, I maybe I do for a minute believe that you're doing this for your family. You know, like I I get just little like, you know, little twinges of that. I get that much more with Don Draper. Like, I think Don Draper is just kind of a broken person. Mm -hmm. And a lot of his personality flaws stem from, you know, his own traumatic childhood and, you know, and, and bad things that have happened to him just generally in his life. Yeah. Um. And I think that makes him a really, really interesting character. I think you could say most characters in Mad Men kind of fit that role or at the very least most of the male characters in mad men fit that role yeah um i think roger sterling fits it really well he's you know he's one of the main characters he's a perspective character sometimes but he's just kind of a dick <laughs> he's he's very much a yeah dick. yeah he's just really full of himself he's arrogant he doesn't really care about anybody else that much but i feel like he's we hardly so ever charming. see him
1: doing his work either no
0: he never does anything yeah but he's just extremely charming so mm-hmm. you you kind of like him you're sort of like ah oh, man like I hate the things you're saying, but I love the way you're saying it. Yeah. I think is kind of the best way to sum up Roger Sterling.
1: Yeah. I feel like of, so of those three, uh, definitely it's easier for me to like Don Draper. Yeah. Um, and I would say I respect Don. That's the main yeah. thing. I do not respect Walter White. Yeah. Um, fair. I don't know if we've talked about this on the show before, but, uh, I, Sam, Sam, Loves, uh, Breaking Bad. And so he asked, Guilty. he asked me to watch it with him and I did. Uh, it's definitely not my kind of show. Uh, cause I'm not into <laughs> things that are usually that depressing or, uh, I, I don't know, just like. The setting isn't my thing Also I'm There's like,
0: really no happiness In the well, show Well that's the thing yeah, I went there, into it like nothing I, pleasant about at, it
1: Before I'd even seen any of it Looking at it from the outside I was like Oh this looks like A very intense drama About drug addiction And the culture around that And I don't think It's something for me Um, So I will say <laughs> so
0: It could be though Piper you, yeah, It yeah, could so you, be go, I naively thought
1: <laughs> Everyone was like Watch it watch it watch it So we watched it And I Stepping away from it I will say It is a incredible show It's very well-made Made, well written, well acted, well directed. I was so upset when it was done. It really <laughs> just like crushed my soul. Not on uh, Piper's
0: rec room list.
1: No, I yeah. personally would not recommend this, but I like just a twinge of of happiness and hope in my stories. <laughs> Maybe for that's sure. surprising considering all the dark stuff that I talk about. Yeah, I, I um, think
0: this show is sort of an outlet for you to get all of that out there. I, yeah. I often get that impression that, you know, in, in real life encounters, you're very much like, no, like, look on the bright side. And then this you're like what if it was a monster made of legs you know (laughs) you're the one (laughs) who
1: likes monsters made of limbs no
0: not true i've never said absolutely true
1: anyway i do not like walter white at all (laughs) i will maybe say yes to your statement of sometimes he's somewhat sympathetic but i feel like he has just done so many selfish cowardly things that for for me personally as a viewer i it clicked very early in my mind that i said i don't like you and whatever you do to try and redeem yourself I'm not on board for it. Yeah. And I kind of locked that door. And so I think I watched a lot of the show with my arms crossed and my brow <laughs> furrowed. Um, But that's just me.
0: <laughs> but, you know, look at, I mean... Look at it from this perspective, right? We're still talking about it. Well, no, right? of course. Like, and that's, I, I know you're not saying any yeah. th- the, the contrary to that, but like, I think that's just a testament to how fantastically well written of a character he is, right? No, definitely. Yeah.
1: I would definitely give the show and the actors and the writers all the props for that. Yeah. Personally, I would never ever want to have a conversation with Walter White. <laughs> I would definitely have a conversation with, uh, Don Draper.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, good examples. AMC. Hitting out of the park
1: Yes they are Sometimes They
0: they haven't done that In a while I don't think I don't know I don't really watch Anything on AMC anymore
1: Uh, Well AMC still does Better Call Saul One of our all time That's a really good point What are we talking about Classic
0: AMC uh, Still Still Hitting homers They
1: still got it Yeah they
0: still got it (laughs) Okay next character I've got on my list here A favorite of mine uh, John McClane From Die Hard We don't really need to Talk about how great Die Hard is Well we don't need to Talk about how great Some of Die Hard is Uh, We're talking
1: about The first one The whole series
0: Well if we want to Look at the whole Whole series, we can. In my opinion, you can sum it up as easily as the odd numbered ones tend to be good, and the even numbered ones tend to be bad. Mm -hmm. But then Die Hard Five came out and kind of broke that rule. So really, it's just Die Hard One and Three that are good in my in my humble opinion. There you go. Um, but John McClane I think is great because you know he is a hero. He saves the day. He's Mm -hmm. you know he's a guy who goes in and he stops Hans Gruber from taking down Nakatomi Plaza. But he's also he's just a real dick and he's real rough around the edges. And like you know, there's so many times in the movie even where um you know, he's kind of riling up Hans Gruber. He's on the radio uh, or he's, he's like shooting the, the goons or whatever that are running around the attic or something like that. And uh one of the guys that the big blonde guy in the gray, like sweatsuit comes out and he starts throwing stuff around. And his wife, Holly is like, John must be up there somewhere. And her friend's like, how do you know? And she's like, only John could piss somebody off that much, right? I think that's a classic anti-hero trait is like, you can be the best person in the world. You can save everyone's lives. But if people just hate being around you because you're just so full of yourself or so cocky or arrogant, like that's a really fun kind of character to play mm-hmm. for me because I feel like you sort of earn the right to be to be really arrogant if you are super competent and you you swoop in and save the day if you let that kind of go to your head and you become just insufferable but people have to put up with you anyway because you tend (laughs) to do things right that's so much fun like You know, if I wanted to play a character like that in D&D, I would probably use like charisma and intelligence as my dump stat on like a fighter or something. So, Mm -hmm. you know, imagine playing a fighter that I'm not necessarily the strongest guy in the world. I'm not necessarily the, you know, the fastest guy in the world, but I'm smart and I know how to solve basically any problem and Mm -hmm. I tend to come out on top. And even though I'm being a real dick I'm being kind of cool While I'm being a dick And I, I think that's really fun You get to sort of mess with people Yeah, totally
1: lot. Yeah, I'm just thinking about I think it's It's the one where he goes to Russia
0: I think that's five Okay, yeah I think that's yeah. a good day to die hard
1: Yeah, Um. <laughs> and he does a very dick move Where he drives a semi Like the opposite way on a freeway And destroys a bazillion yeah. cars And everyone's yelling at him in Russian And he does the most American dad thing on vacation Where he's like I'm on vacation yeah. I don't understand you And it's all this... <laughs> stuff and it's like oh
0: boy i mean that's classic anti-hero right i mean nothing at all heroic about stealing a semi-truck and driving it in reverse down a down a busy freeway right or you stealing saying... a taxi or a, a police car or whatever and flying in it, driving it off a ramp into a helicopter yeah. or destroying an entire building just to save you know a few people and their money like that, that's pretty anti-hero I at think.
1: first i thought you were saying that being anti-hero is being an american dad on vacation <laughs> in a foreign country because i was gonna say dang i would say from the Hot pres- take.
0: probably from the pres- Perspective of the countries that yeah. those American dads are visiting. Yes. yes. I would agree
1: with that. <laughs> um, okay. My next one also kind of along the same lines as the three television examples I gave before. Yeah. But this one's, oh, she's a lady. Um, Jackie, <laughs> uh, Jackie Payton from ooh, Nurse Jackie, yeah. which I need to make you watch that TV show. It's very, very good. I think you'll really like it. But Jackie is a very interesting character. She's similar to, you know, the other three TV examples that we gave yeah. before. Um, But her whole situation is that she is a nurse who is like addicted to painkillers yeah, and other medication. Sure. And so she's a very experienced woman who has a lot of integrity. And pretty much everyone on her floor in the hospital really respects her as this person who's been here the longest. She's always calm and scary situations. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. And so she has this kind of attitude where she's sort of I'm, I know better than you. She's kind of like the mom, or maybe like the, that one aunt who's always like telling you what to do. But people really (laughs) like her and they can't imagine that she would ever do anything wrong. Yeah. The entire show, she's lying to everyone. She's stealing. She, her addiction gets so bad that she does really bad things to people and ruins other people's careers and other people's lives. Yeah. She puts her family in danger. I think at one point her kids are taken away from her. And I won't say other bad things because I don't want to spoil it too much. (laughs) But it's just so interesting to see how she spirals so dramatically. And she keeps getting chance after chance to fix her life. And we know that from when she's sober, she is a really good person and she knows what's right and what's wrong. But there are so many scenes where she has that temptation there and you're sitting there and you're like, Jackie, don't do it. And she <laughs> does. And then she makes everybody's lives worse. I
0: love a character like that where it's like, you all—you know that they have the potential for good, right? right? Yet they keep doing things wrong. And you're always like, maybe this is the point where they're going to turn around. Like It's sort of a—it's an under- healthy relationship i think to have with you know a person in real life to to keep giving somebody who's constantly burning you second chances Mm -hmm. but it's really i think it's very human and easy to do um and i think you know i think kind of in response to that house is Mm -hmm. another great example of that exact same type of character in even the same type of setting Mm -hmm. um i think that was actually the reason that i never got into nurse jackie when it was airing because i was like it's it's just like, Lady House, right mm-hmm. is kind of what I <laughs> thought it was i didn't really know anything about it, yeah, um, but uh, I yeah, I loved house, and I'm definitely interested to check that out. I think that's cool, I especially love that. You know, they're both people who are at the top of their game. They're like so well respected Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of similar to the – yeah, to like the John McClane examples that it's like people have to kind of put up with them because they tend to get it right most of the time even though their bedside manner might be a little rough or they're – you know, they have skeletons in their closet that kind of hold them up.
1: Well, that's one of the things that I think is really interesting about Jackie's character is there are so many moments when she is, you know – Talking down to someone who's made a bad choice in their life, yeah. Because she's such this mom character that everyone thinks, oh, Jackie knows best, and she'll like reprimand somebody, and then she'll go into the bathroom and like do all this, all these drugs. Yeah. And you're like Jackie, what are you doing? <laughs> you just told that person they're screwing up their life, and here you are calling the kettle black. For like, sure. Yeah, it's an interesting dichotomy. Yeah,
0: for sure. I uh, yeah, uh, we are often our own worst enemies, right? Mm-hmm. Another interesting trait I think to put into into a D D character. If I wanted to you know trade an interesting flaw for you know some kind of a cool power as a dm if somebody said you know i'm my own worst enemy i tend to be you know the the worst possible person to advocate for my own self-interest like i think that would be a really interesting character someone who's always just doing stupid things because they have you know they they think they deserve it or because they have some kind of neurose that you know They've got like a mental health issue or they have like an addiction issue or they have something like that. That can be a really interesting – way to give kind of depth to a character that otherwise, you know, on the surface might look like this perfect, shining example of, Mm -hmm. you know, the best of the best of the best. Yeah. I I think that's interesting. And obviously, like, those are real things that people deal with and we would urge people to maybe research research and and be respectful (laughs) if you're trying to bring in, you know, real things that people deal with. But again, that's something that is great about this game is that we get to explore things like that in, in a safe kind of place to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I have a bunch of other examples here. I'm going to start just quick lightning rounding through these right after my – the last example that I want to talk about here at length is – uh Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z, one of my favorite shows as a kid that every time I I go back to it, I always worry it's not gonna hold up. I'm Mm -hmm. like, ah, Dragon Ball Z, it's gonna be like really cheesy. I still think it slaps. I think it's (laughs) so great. I maybe I have a lot of nostalgia about it, maybe I'm biased, but Vegeta, of all the really cool badass characters in that show, in my opinion, like no contest is the coolest one. He's this he's got a alien guy? So well they're basically all aliens. Is he the one
1: who has like a big green head? No,
0: that's Piccolo. Vegeta is the prince of all Saiyans, which is like, Saiyans are this, look, uh, let's just jump in a little time capsule here, back to like 1995, for everybody who isn't familiar with with Dragon Ball Z here. Basically, uh, there are humans, and then a bunch of aliens that mostly just look like humans, Mm -hmm. uh, except for under a full moon, they turn into a giant monkey, and they have a monkey's tail, uh, (laughs) unless you cut it off, which most of them do. They're called Saiyans. And they're like supremely powerful, they can fly around and shoot energy beams out of their hands, technically humans can do that too but most of them can't uh and they're they're just this like very proud warrior race and vegeta was the prince of planet vegeta he was the prince of all saiyans and he has this huge chip on his shoulder because his dad was like son you're going to be the greatest warrior of all time this is your birthright as the prince of all saiyans and then suddenly goku this like goofy like kind of Derpy dumbass shows up, and he's just constantly wanting Vegeta, and he doesn't even care. He's just like a, oh, you know, I guess I'll, I guess I'll try and save the day. Like I'm just kind of a humble little little farm boy who sounds
1: like a real Harry and Draco situation. That's, it,
0: it's not totally unlike that, right? <laughs> um, but Vegeta just it pisses him off so much. Like he just gets so angry all the time at everyone, and that's sort of what fuels his strength. Like mm-hmm. whereas Goku continues to try and grow and make himself better to protect the people that he cares about. Mm-hmm. At at least at first vegeta does it out of jealousy and anger and rage and there are times where like you know he is definitely his own worst enemy he intentionally puts himself in situations where it's like do or die because he's like the only way that i can possibly overcome this is if it's my only choice um in in one of the story arcs in it he actually they're fighting against this basically this evil wizard who he can control the bodies of other of fighters with magic and when he controls their body they become much more powerful but they lose all you know all all free agency Mm -hmm. and vegeta basically says you know what i'm way too badass to be controlled by this guy i'm gonna let you put your magic on me because i bet my will is strong enough that i can overcome it anyway and he does and so he you know he says sure yeah put your magic on me see what happens and then he just like he gets so mad that you can't actually control him and he gains his agency back. It's really cool. He's got this badass speech while really he does it. Cool. Um, I think it's this interesting arc where we're constantly comparing him to, you know, this perfect beacon of light, this wonderful idealistic hero, Goku, mm-hmm. uh, is, is being pitted against Vegeta, his rival and later, like, close friend. And they, they kind of come to be very very close friends throughout the the case of the story. I would um, say
1: uh, cast in the shadow of such a perfect light anyone would appear to be an anti-hero. Of
0: course, and that's exactly why I love Vegeta. He's he's more relatable than Goku. Goku's like a total Mary Sue. Mm-hmm. Like he's very just kind of, you know, he you can always kind of count on him to win and he's good at everything and he doesn't seem like he works nearly as hard. Uh, that's maybe not true, but other characters appear to work harder sometimes. Yeah. uh which I love, I think that's cool. Vegeta's very admirable, in my opinion, because not only does he overcome his dark nature, uh, because he's a bad guy at the beginning of the story, but like he has significant growth just in general over the course of the story. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Awesome. I have a few names on my list, um, that are characters who, I guess by what we've started to define this as, they are anti heroes, but I've kind of written them down as people who essentially they become anti heroes. Yeah, They're totally. trying really hard not to be. All they want to do is good, but society kind of forces badness upon them. Oh, yeah. Um, And so one of them, uh, Arthur Fleck uh, from the Joker movie. Totally. Yeah. Who, again, you kind of touched on this earlier with people who are struggling with, you know, their addictions or their mental disabilities or things like that. And he's someone who eventually just kind of succumbs to his his darker whims and, uh, yeah, does all these horrible things.
0: Well, and all the other external. Pressures, you know, the, the system that he's a part of that exactly. kind of keeps him down, that pushes him towards this. Yes. And, you know, I, I don't think that movie was necessarily like the most insightful take on that, but I do think it's an interesting thing to kind of look at what happens when a person is pushed to the brink, when mm-hmm. they are kept down by a system that is totally out of their control and nobody seems to take their problems really seriously yeah. and they're always just getting kind of pushed into a corner and beat up and, and dunked on.
1: And literally beat up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> constantly, yeah constantly everybody. Yeah,
0: literally constantly beat up. Um, I think that's interesting. um yeah. Will your character... Th- that's sort of like a forge, right? It's mm-hmm. a crucible that... You know, typically in comic book settings, especially that type of experience, either turns you into the best possible version of yourself right. or the worst possible version of exactly. yourself. You're either Captain
1: yeah. America who keeps getting up and he's like, I could do this all damn day, or <laughs> yes. you're Arthur Fleck who lays on the ground and laughs until they leave and then he decides, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot a man on all. television.
0: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, Except Captain America wouldn't say, damn.
1: You're right. He wouldn't. <laughs> he would say, gosh darn it.
0: Yes. I love that. Okay. So, lightning round for me here. I'm just gonna go through a bunch here uh i wanted to say uh let's see joel and ellie from the last of us especially i think ellie in Mm -hmm. the last of us two even more so yep uh big boss from the metal Solid series that's a good example of you start as a good idealistic character and then over the course of these games you kind of fall and become this you know corrupted jaded figure who doesn't really believe that his ideals are 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 possible anymore Mm -hmm. uh let's see riddick from the chronicles of riddick series yep uh big badass vin diesel who's Shocker, blind, Whoa. so cool. Whoa. Uh, let's see. The main character in any Bioware game, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. You know, getting to play as Commander Shepard or, you know, or any character from a Bioware game. And you get to just choose if you want to be a good guy or a bad guy, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a, the, the closest analog, I think, to, you know, a D&D real, like, freedom of choice, choose your own adventure kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, there, there's, I think in Mass Effect, especially, this is well portrayed. There's, there's one character in all three games that's a, uh, they're like a reporter who shows up to interview you. And in every single game, you have the opportunity just to punch them and walk away, <laughs> which, you know, is obviously not a good thing to do. But it's really, really fun to get to play as that kind of a character. And you can, you know, switch back and forth between it just at the drop of a hat. I I love that. Um, I got a few more here. Do you have any that you want to quick zap through before I finish my list?
1: Yeah, um, so I also have Nick Naylor, who's from the movie Thank You for Smoking. Oh, yeah! Uh, a wonderful anti-hero is, is character. Is that
0: um, uh, Harvey Two-Face's character? Yes, um, played
1: by, yes, that actor.
0: Yeah, I can't think of his name. Anyway. Uh,
1: Harvey Two-Face, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Uh. I mean, I. it's hard to find a better example, I think, than the person who is the spokes guy for a large tobacco company. <laughs> oh, for sure. There's yeah. certainly
0: nothing heroic about that. No, yeah.
1: <laughs> and I love how he's just got this big shit-eating grin on his face, and his job is to go on television and be like this kid is he has cancer but we want him to enjoy cigarettes until the day that he dies yeah, exactly. it's like it's like that's fabulous <laughs> i would totally love to revisit that movie. Well, again.
0: and he's so indoctrinated himself that like he is the worst version of like a, uh, person addicted to smoking cigarettes because there's at one point where he's going through nicotine withdrawal and he's in the hospital and the way they save him is just sticking nicotine patches no, all over him. Isn't that what happens? No, you,
1: you mess this up every time. What you happens want? is, is there's a, an activist group who are tired of his message. And so they abduct him in a van and they slap so many nicotine bags oh, on him is. that they almost kill him. <laughs> Cause they're like, this is what your product does to people. And so he almost dies because of nicotine. Okay.
0: Yeah. Great. Well, you know, six of one. Right. Basically the same thing. <laughs> Uh, I like that. Yeah, but who was the antihero there? Was it the activists? No, it was not the activists. I don't think. Nah. I mean, maybe. I mean,
1: they did a bad yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> what, what else do you got, Piper? Um, I also have on my list here, um, Elphaba, uh, a character cool. who, uh, similar to Arthur Fleck, is put down by all of the world simply because her skin is green. Yeah. uh and she—it ain't
0: easy being green. No,
1: it's not. She she stands up for justice and animal rights and tries to do good. Uh... Flying monkey
0: rights, well, specifically, right? S- no.
1: So it, in- <laughs> In the musical *Wicked*, uh, there's a large popu—well, not a large population. They are technically a minority population, but there are talking animals in that world. And hmm. one of like her professors is this goat guy. And there's a scene where he confronts Elphaba, and he's like, "Something weird's happening in Oz. Like animal people are being repressed, and they're losing their ability to speak, and they're like essentially devolving back to just animals instead of being interesting intelligent people." Is that
0: Toto's origin story?
1: No. <laughs> Uh, But as she, you know, kind of fights the system and everything and does this again and again, eventually she's kicked down and someone she cares about is taken and she sings that incredible song, No Good Deed. And that's when she swears. She's like, fine, I'm going to be as bad as you want me to be now, but I'm still going to seek my justice on these causes.
0: I've never seen it, but now I only feel like I have. Yeah. So, perfect. Thank Beautiful. You. Love
1: you, Elphaba.
0: <laughs> I love it. Uh, okay. Uh, a few others that I've got here. Uh, Geralt of Rivia. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Okay. Uh, I think people generally view him as like really terrible, but mostly he's pretty cool. But if you cross him, he'll kind of just let you die. That's, he's not always like going out of his way to help people unless they're his, his close friends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's see, most of the good characters in Game of Thrones, pretty much all of them except for Ned Stark, I think, Yep. mostly they also do horrible murders and betray people and, you know, play the game. Uh, I love it um also pretty much any movie or comic character that from, from the 90s or early 2000s especially i was gonna so, say we're casting
1: yeah. a wide net yeah here. yeah
0: basically but we you know we've got our underworlds we've got our we've got john constantine we've got van helsing we've got the punisher essentially any any comic or video or like book adaptation that was turned into kind of a gritty action movie like that time period was just like, we, normal heroes weren't cool anymore. Mm-hmm. Everybody had to be edgy and, and kind of gray and gloomy. Like, I, I, I think that's interesting. Um, yeah. John Constantine is probably my favorite example of that.
1: Oh, yeah? Uh, of, Not John of, Wick? Of, of
0: those ones. Well, John Wick is also very cool. There's a lot of good <laughs> Johns out there, am I right?
1: Yeah, all played so. by the same guy.
0: Exactly. Yeah. All right. Any other final... Thoughts here, Piper?
1: No, I'm ready to create. Okay,
0: let's go ahead and create. And as is tradition here, we will be creating our own anti-heroes, each of us, uh, a single hero based on a randomly, uh, allocated prompt that Piper is going to be giving us. Piper, what have you got?
1: Yeah, um, well, I'm going to take this first one. My word is shave. All right. And I'm going to do what I can to not just create, uh, the uh, barber of what's its the, name? Yeah, Street. the Demon
0: Barber <laughs> of Street. Sweeney Todd. Yeah, that was my first thought as well. Actually,
1: <laughs> in fact, my first thought, apart from that, is somebody who got a really bad haircut and it made them uh, a bad person. <laughs> they had Bill
0: dutrieve have cut their hair from uh, King of the Hill. Except he's actually good at cutting hair. He's good so at cutting hair. Work. Yeah. I, it is a shame that you know. You could create a literal demon barber of Fleet Street. You could just have like a cool tiefling barber. Yeah. That would be pretty interesting, actually. That would be awesome. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, we should maybe go yeah. something a little less obvious there.
1: No, I think I want to go with someone. Um, I'm going to make a female character this week. I think maybe she was a beauty queen. And, you know, we just watched uh, Drop, Drop Dead, Dead Gorgeous, Gorgeous, and yeah. that is a, the, the, World of beauty competitions are fierce. And sometimes people get really into it. And I think this lady, uh, she was. You know, blabbing her mouth too much. She was being too, like, rude behind the scenes to all yeah. the other girls. And somebody said, I, enough is enough. And when she was sleeping, they went in and they shaved off all of her beautiful hair. And she woke <laughs> up and she was bald.
0: Like Samson style. I, I appreciate your insight here, Piper, because, uh, beauty has never been a competition for me. So I wouldn't really know. Oh, like. oh, yeah, oh because
1: been... you were always too ugly to compete. Mm, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. You're pretty. Uh,
0: yeah. That's, that's cool. I like that. So, so someone who, you know, this is like we kind of said, right? Uh, in Joker style, you can have, you know, bad things happen to you. Maybe maybe you were asking for it. Maybe it's your fault. Maybe you were real crummy to people all the time and they, you know, clap back at you and they cut off all your hair. Does that event catalyze you into becoming a great hero? Or does it kind of harden you and make you a little nasty and, you know, (laughs) sort of preserve and lock in some of those negative traits that you have and say, no, you know what? I don't have to put up with you. You guys are bad, too. I can keep going on and being whoever I want to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think I want to let's put this in a, a magical fantasy setting. Yeah. Because I say if somebody just, you know, shaved off her hair, yes, she'd be really mad about it and upset, but the hair would eventually grow back. Yeah. I think one of the girls who was in the beauty contest who was sick of this This main uh, contestant, like, you know, Talking her mouth off Or whatever yeah. She Her talent that she was Going to do at the talent Competition is magic She's got some magical Abilities Cool And so what she did is She actually placed a curse On my main character Ooh, On so, her hair On her hair She's like your hair Will never grow back again And the Ooh. curse also means That if she tries to Put on a wig The wig will like Look all decrepit yeah, The and wig bad. will
0: reject her She'll be She'll become Deathly ill Because <laughs> of the wig
1: yeah. So essentially yeah She can't even like Really hide it that way Maybe she could just like Put on a cool baseball hat But Cool uh, she is all about, you know, beauty, and the big, luscious hair was her thing.
0: It, it makes me think of, did you ever see in, I think it was in season three of Arrested Development, where Tobias gets hair plugs, yes, but he ew. has, like, Graf versus host syndrome, so, like, the and, hair plugs are literally sapping his strength. He's dying, but he's like, my hair looks so good, though. Yes, I have he's seen that. It's getting so wheeled creepy. around in a wheelchair. Like, <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. Uh,
1: I Love think it. my lady, I, I almost kind of want to make her become sort of a Phantom of the Opera-like character okay cool. that now she is sort of this this Thing that haunts these beauty competitions. And I think it's like become a legend in the, uh, the beauty world, uh, in the, the bald beauty. Well, yes. Yeah, so it's like, it's like, oh, like watch out or else the pageant phantom will come yeah. after you and she'll curse you so you won't win the crown. And so it's a, it's, I think it's like one of those fables sort of that you tell kids, uh, you tell them scary things yeah, so they yeah, behave. Of course.
0: She's, a, she's a boogeyman.
1: Yeah. And so people tell it to be like, oh, you better be actually polite to your like fellow contestants. Cool. Otherwise she's going to come and get you. Uh, like it. And what, and it's not actually, I think, a thing that she can, like, be summoned. She's just now this kind of crazy evil person she, yeah. who just like follows around pageants and like does whatever she can to so sabotage she's probably people not
0: even supernatural she's probably just a person who hangs out there right.
1: <laughs> you know just like the actual phantom yeah, yeah exactly. just is a, a horrible like murderer
0: a, i i could also picture you know so she can't wear a wig to hide her baldness but she could probably just put like a sack over her face right which is the <laughs> like scariest scarier, costume yeah. you can wear right you yeah. know if, if she's like you know, I'm, I'm not beautiful anymore because of this. Maybe she, maybe she just wants to hide her identity and mm-hmm. that way she can, one, continue to go on and do pageant murders or, uh, she can at least not be recognized as this, you know, this hideous bald monster because no one could possibly <laughs> still be pretty without hair. AKA, have you ever seen Tilda Swinton? Yeah. Uh, Hello. Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: yeah, I think what she does, I don't, because she-
0: That's a, That's me saying Tilda Swinton is awesome and gorgeous by the way Not like just just want to clarify good
1: to clarify i feel like because she is so obsessed with her appearance she wouldn't put a bag over her head she's still a very attractive woman but because she is so vain uh the fact that she doesn't have any hair it makes her think oh i'm hideous so i think what she does is she wears this big hood so she's a kind of this cloaked figure cool um and i think i would love maybe i'll 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 save this for later because we should get to your person yeah but i think one thing that should be an element of her story is somebody helping her to accept herself as I like she that. is. Yeah.
0: I also do so we need to make her we need to talk about the types of things that she actually does mm-hmm. that kind of define her antiheroness Does she go and do murders or or like crimes against other pageant bullies like is that what she does she kind of follows the pageants around and she's like only I can preserve the integrity of these pageants I have to kill anybody who's mean at the pageant quite
1: the opposite I think she's extremely jealous of other like beautiful contestants who are the ones most likely that she thinks to win the crown and so she's she often sabotages those people okay so I think if she's the prettiest girl who she thinks is the prettiest person it's very subjective it's always the
0: person that she she exactly
1: that's the person that she will she'll like shred up their beautiful gown, or she will, if they have a talent that requires a prop, she'll burn the yeah. prop or, or melt it or do so something to that. So you only ever
0: want to be the second prettiest. <laughs> yeah. much, much like real life, the pressures of being the most beautiful in the room are so high that it's usually much more rewarding to be the prettiest, the second prettiest. <laughs> you start to get diminishing returns going from second to first.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? I feel like there, because this would become such a problem, there needs to be some way that she's able to get backstage and all these things, because obviously after a while, people would be <laughs> (laughs) like don't let this hooded woman backstage get security to like set up a a thing so maybe she has some sort of like maybe her cloak is an invisibility cloak
0: oh i like that yeah because then she
1: can slip it on and that's how she can get backstage and cause these things to happen i
0: I was gonna say it maybe makes sense that she, after first being sort of cast out of the pageant like a vagrant, she kind of lived on the streets and joined maybe like a group of of rogues or something and learned how to pick locks and how to sneak into places and things like that. That could be an interesting element as well.
1: Maybe. Yeah, yeah.
0: I I do I like think the
1: rogues kicked her out though because she was so mean.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course. <laughs> obviously, I like, you
1: are so mean. We may be rogues, but at least we give each other <laughs> at least compliments. We're respectful. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: I think that we do need to. Well, okay. I mean, I, I guess that is what kind of makes her an anti-hero. I just want to make sure that we're inc- incorporating this trope appropriately and not just making a villain, right? Like, mm-hmm. we, we can consider her an anti-hero because she was kind of bullied and she's not completely irredeemable at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we can see there's still a, a chance for her to come back and, you know, overcome this, this trauma that she's had or something like that, right? I mean, do we feel like that's maybe a fair, sort of place to to put this at right now No
1: absolutely I cool. want that's what I said earlier I want someone to come along and help her get better cool. to help her see past her insecurities and say I I think you're acting out. I think the person who helps her, her talent is like counseling and therapy. And so she's the one who's like, you know what? I I sense a lot of aggression and anger in you right now. I think you really need to look inward and, and let's, let's talk about you.
0: The beauty on the inside. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know what? This is a magical world. Just like, you know, Stop being such a baby about it. Learn a glamour spell or something. You know, you can deal with this. There are options that don't involve you murdering and sabotaging all the other pageants. OK, like that's a you problem. No, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I
1: think um, she is definitely just like a human who doesn't have magical abilities. For sure. And yeah. so but she does have uh, a burning sense of vengeance <laughs> and Absolutely. jealousy. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Okay. I think I like it.
1: her name is going to be Paget
0: pageant okay and Padgett, that sounds really similar yeah, like to pageant, pageant so yeah. maybe
1: i shouldn't maybe it shouldn't be pageant maybe her name is let me think i wanted to give her a really pretty name um what, what do you think is a pretty jewel
0: no oh. <laughs> lorelei not think... we
1: already name a character lorelei
0: yeah probably in it's, an earlier episode it's like one of my favorite names so it's yeah. usually a go-to for me
1: yeah uh I'm so blanking out right now.
0: Welcome to welcome to my world here, Piper. Okay. <laughs> God.
1: Okay. Okay. I'm just gonna say the first lady name that comes yeah, to my head. First lady
0: name that comes, comes to your head. Wait. Should, uh, I, should I pick a random letter for you? Sure. Uh. Q.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I was gonna say Queenie. Yeah.
0: But, no. What? What about uh, R?
1: R. Um. Rachel.
0: Cool. Rachel.
1: Sure. Rachel's Rachel.
0: A, Rachel's a pretty name.
1: Such a such an average. <laughs> name i hey,
0: know i mean it is one of the most common women's names incredibly in America, common rachel sure, rachel's a good name we'll we put
1: know. that uh i'll put a little pin in that it may not be rachel i'll keep right. thinking
0: look uh, piper won't come out and say this but for any rachel's listening uh, out in the audience you're beautiful even though piper's being real mean about your name right now
1: you are very beautiful yeah, yeah. rachel's
0: <laughs> unless you don't want to be beautiful then you you know you can be ugly too i guess
1: yeah yeah whatever you want whatever.
0: to be. we're so accommodating here uh piper what is my prompt that i that uh, i am him cursed with.
1: <laughs> Your word is soap. Soap. Okay. Yeah.
0: An antihero it's Mr. Clean, right? <laughs> it's Mr Clean when he turned to a life of crime and uh I don't know. Um soap here. I do like the idea of a character that is like a cleaner, you know? You know, we we've got the the wolf from Pulp Fiction, right? Who he comes in and he's just this kind of perfect gentleman. He's always got a plan. He knows exactly what to do, how to get out of any scrape, but he's Hiding dead bodies and, you know, working for the mob. Like, that's not a great thing, but he's kind of a likable, charming guy, right? I think that's the direction that I sort of want to go with this is maybe a, a kid who he or she came up in or just in a rough spot, right? They didn't have a lot of money. Maybe their parents died or they were an orphan or something like that. And they were brought in by this really tough kind of mob boss. And the only job that was really available at the time was cleaning up after crimes, cleaning up the, you know, the, the crime scenes, cleaning up dead bodies, hiding bodies, things like that. And it turns out this kid was just really good at it. They were exceptionally super good at crime. Yeah, super up crime. good. They could walk into a room and be like, that closet, you could fit like nine bodies in there, buddy. And they're they're just checking out the angles anytime they walk in somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Or they'd go into like an alchemy, you know, store or something and they would immediately see, Yeah, you know, see that green potion over there? Uh you could dissolve like fourteen pigs with that. And by pigs I mean humans.
1: You know what I think would be an interesting detail to add to that is that maybe this person has like OCD and they're like a clean freak. Oh, cool. And that's the thing, is that they compulsively clean.
0: Yeah. And so that
1: why that's why like this person would see this guy like cleaning everything up and it's like, that's your job now. kid. totally.
0: And that's a you know, a trait that's typically connected to, you know, people who are like serial killers or sociopaths is being extremely detail oriented or having, you know, obsessive, compulsive, or OCD tendencies like that. I do I agree. That'd be really interesting. That would make That would make you very good at that job, (laughs) objectively. You need to have an eye for detail so you can get all those little random flecks of blood from, you know, uh, the crimes. Exactly. You're like a monk. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, Um, What a bad monk. I actually think that would be a really cool angle, though. You know, that you say monk, this character should be raised basically like a monk. Mm -hmm. So it's instead of this kind of noble Shaolin tradition of you know like enlightenment and achieving the the peak physical form so that our soul can have its peak physical you know peak metaphysical form mm-hmm. um it's someone who is raised in the philosophy essentially of crime and <laughs> they're a monk that is dedicated to this perfection, this spiritual perfection that they're like, you know, maybe, maybe they kind of delude themselves. They say, we only kill bad people. We're releasing these people who are trapped in their, in their evil bodies and mm-hmm. we're sending them off to a plane where they can become something better and something more.
1: We have to cleanse their souls. Yes, exactly. Therefore, you must cleanse this blood from the floor.
0: Exactly. That their, their soul can be cleansed if nothing is left behind. Nothing that is like gruesome or evil can be left behind. And maybe that's what they've been sort of tricked into thinking. That's mm-hmm. what they kind of tell themselves, and that's what their their handlers tell them. But you know, in actuality, they might just be cleaning up just random murders or something. And that would be, I think, sort of the turning point for this character is when they start to see through the cracks and realize that the people they are working for aren't actually doing good things. They're, you know, they're committing crimes out of self interest, Um, so they can get money or they can get power or they can get, you know, whatever resources they need. Uh, I think that'd be pretty interesting. Yeah. I also kind of want this character to be, I, I never make dragonborn characters. I kind of want this character to be a dragonborn because I like the idea of like a wilder or more animal-like race because I picture, you know, like a, a, the way a cat always cleans themselves or a oh, dog yeah. always cleans themselves, that that's maybe kind of an animal-like trait that they're always preening and, you know, if his scales start to get kind of rusty, he pops them out so a new one can grow in, that they're always, that this, this OCD extends to their own appearance as well. Mm-hmm. So every time they wash their hands, they wash their hands for like an hour. And everybody's always like, dude, we gotta go. Like, we gotta go clean this stuff. And he's like, not until the ritual is complete. You know, I have to do it they, exactly this way. They
1: definitely wear gloves all the time. Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, for sure. I think that'd be really neat. Um, human skin gloves. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what kind
1: yeah. of fantasy animal race person are you thinking?
0: I, I'm thinking Dragonborn. I Dragon think Dragonborn Born would okay. be cool. Uh, tabaxi would be uh, one that makes sense, just being a cat person. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah I, I think dragonborn cool. uh, would would be really cool, and I think their dragon breath would probably be a helpful kind of cleansing tool as well yeah exactly exactly like i mean there's there's a lot of kind of romantic sort of imagery there that fire is the thing that can cleanse anything Mm -hmm. it it burns away your sins that's a cool thing
1: one thing that i think is interesting about characters like these is i feel like if people are as ocd obsessed with cleanliness as we were kind of talking about here it often that often comes with social awkwardness uh and it kind of prevents them from getting close to people yeah because not everyone's used to someone being like that and so maybe this person has always been sort of you know they haven't really had meaningful connections apart from the people that they work with because those people
0: and especially if they've been kind of cloistered away like a monk exactly Yeah.
1: yeah so i think that would be something that would be interesting to explore with your person is maybe something causes them to have to go out into the world and they encounter someone else for sure and that person's like wow you're you really like things clean, don't you? And yeah. it's kind of like a Rain Man situation where you have to go and hang out <laughs> with this guy.
0: <laughs> he walks, he, it's like he's walking behind a, you know, in Rain Man, they drop all the toothpicks and he's like 148 toothpicks. He's like following behind a cart full of dead bodies and the cart overturns and he's like 473 bodies. <laughs> like a big can cart. Just count them as well. Yeah, immediately. Well, it's obviously the cart from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. They'll bring out your dead cart. So, obviously. Yeah, there's a lot of bodies piled on there. <laughs> so it, You know, they they found, it's like the peak of medieval technology is finding ways to fit as many plague victims into one cart as you can possibly can
1: yeah like absolutely. Um,
0: i actually i think i want to maybe jump into this dragonborn story after they've already learned that they were kind of being manipulated and used by mm-hmm. this this mob organization i want to say it's like a like a corrupt mages guild cool. um, i think that'd be interesting and i want to say that they've left They're kind of maybe not quite on the run, but they're trying to keep a low profile because they certainly were not supposed to leave. They're kind of, you know, out of the, out of the life, right? But I want them to be someone that's trying to make their way in the world peacefully, but they're so used to operating, you know, their, their body and mind and soul is trained to act in a certain way. And so it's really hard for them to resist, you know, if they, if they see something kind of going south, they're like, just burn it all down and hide the evidence, you know? Yeah,
1: I was just going to say, I bet this person has a very strong sense of smell already mm-hmm. just because of their heightened senses. And so I'm sure as this person leaves trying to start a new life, it whenever they smell blood, they're like, oh, that they're kind of drawn to it because yeah, it's just sure. their instinct now to like yeah, go towards it. I have to go it. clean something. Exactly. Yeah. And so yeah. they're constantly walking into crime scenes and getting involved.
0: <laughs> and so like, I, I love this. Yeah, yeah. Knights
1: and guards will be there and they're like, you, like, what are you doing? Because they'll have, they'll be down there like kind of cleaning it up and they're like, what? No, I'm yeah. not part of this. I just came to clean and they're like, take him away with the others. I,
0: I bet he's totally got like a Sherlock Holmes and uh, uh, Commissioner Lestat sort of relationship where, yeah, he probably is familiar with a lot of the guards, a lot Lestat. of the captains, the gu- Lestrade, thank yeah. you. Lestat is the vampire. Yeah, I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> um, uh, L- Lestrade, who is like, I- I'm always seeing you around. You're always meddling with our affairs. I mean, Damn it, you're good at it, mm-hmm. but you can't keep getting in the way. Like, we have <laughs> things we need to do. We need to take forensics and we have to do all this stuff. But he, he's always there and he's just like, oh yeah, yeah you need to clean his, uh, his, under his fingernails so mm-hmm. that you can, uh, you know, put them away peacefully. He's like, no, we need the, it's we like- need the evidence from under the fingernails. Why, why would you get rid of that? Damn Yeah, it's always. Maybe you
1: solve these cases because <laughs> you're
0: behind them. Exactly. That's, that's always the problem I think that they're having. And, and that makes sense that it looks like he'd be cleaning up after his own crimes. Yeah, right why else would you show up on random crime scenes and clean mm-hmm. uh, that's insane yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I, I like that a lot cool um, I, I like the
1: idea that this per- that your character would yeah. be brought before like a royal judge or a court like frequently he's yeah. like every other week he's there in chains and he's like you're back again and he's like same story, uh, boss, I, I was just cleaning up. I wasn't involved. For He's sure. Like, mm? Yeah, really? You got an alibi?
0: <laughs> he knows all the judges. Yeah, he right. knows all the guards. He's trying to keep a low profile, but he just can't stay out of their, out of their way, right? Exactly. I also, I like the name Luther for Luther. him. I think that's I a, like that a cool kind of, I'm, I'm definitely sort of thinking like channeling Lex Luther a little bit. Another, another good anti-hero, mm-hmm. I think. Um, Lex Luthor, who is just jealous of Superman and suspicious of him and genuinely wants to help Humanity sometimes, uh, but does very bad things to try and do it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think that's cool. His arrogance and his pride kind of get in the way of him sometimes doing kind of good things. Nice. Um. Yeah. Luther. Yeah.
1: Um. So I decided actually that I'm going to change my my girl's name. Her name is Katie.
0: All right. Sorry, Rachel's out there. Apparently, Katie's better.
1: Well, here's the thing. So I think Katie is a very cute and pretty name. And I think that's what uh, Katie wants to be called Katie. Cool. But oftentimes people, once she like kind of goes in this crazy streak, they refer to her as like Catherine, her much like harsher name. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, Katie doesn't sound scary, but they're like, ooh, look out for Catherine. Catherine
0: does sound more, it's like noble and fancy and kind of like Baroque. Right. And more, And she's this kind of horrible
1: hooded phantom. And so Catherine is the one that prowls behind the scenes at the different pageants and contests and things. I like that. And I think to kind of pull into sort of the hero element of this anti-hero thing, I think one of the reasons why she has this chip on her shoulder in the first place, this kind of need to be this beautiful person and to be seen as beautiful, is I think she's got sort of... In her background, uh, in her, her backstory, there's this whole thing with like her dad and her dad always called her Katie. And you'd always be like, Oh, my beautiful Katie, you're so pretty and sweet. And so she always had this idea in her head that was built up by her father. And then he disappeared one day. And I think it's kind of, that's what kind of set her on this path of, of I need to win all these beauty pageants yeah. because maybe if I win one, dad will come back because I have to be that beautiful person that he always sure. said that I was. Ha-
0: having a chip on your shoulder, especially related to a family tragedy is a great way to launch an anti hero's career yeah.
1: yeah and so i think that was kind of what set her on the path in the first place and she's lost sight of that i think later when she's kind of become this weird phantom who's mad and jealous yeah and so but so maybe her dad will come back at the end of her story kind of be like where's my sweet katie what happened to her I like that and he's and like can, what
0: what have you kind of become exactly yeah. and
1: it's that maybe is a motivation for her to get back to being normal again yeah. Um, but yeah, should we introduce some modifiers? Let's introduce
0: some modifiers. Let's, let's quick just add like a couple extra little traits here. Cause I, I really am happy with where these are at right now. So yeah. lay a modifier or two on us here. Oh, wait, that's my job. That's isn't your it? job, okay. sir. All right. I'm going to lay a modifier <laughs> or two on us. Okay. So I'm pulling out the wheel here. I'm giving her a spin. I'm pretty sure my phone is on silent. And there we go.
1: Yay.
0: <laughs> uh, Piper, I think you are going to get the first one here to go with you getting the first prompt. So what you got is. This isn't even my final form. Oh, ho,
1: ho, what yes. will Phantom Katie become? Exactly. Um, let me see here. Okay, so she went from a beautiful... Which, By the way, I think she's definitely blonde. Cool. Uh, your classic beauty. Classic. <laughs> classic beautiful maiden girl. Great, yeah, yeah. You're your girl next door. Um, so that's what she was. And so then she got cursed because she was uh mean and rude. And so n- then she went to being uh, still a beautiful person, just totally bald. Uh, but I think all of the stress <laughs> that she put on herself has maybe made her like age a bit. So now she's like got some crow's feet, maybe a little gray. It's well, she really... wouldn't have gray in the temples, but she has no hair.
0: Barbara, I'm really proud of you for not reinforcing traditional beauty standards in this episode. <laughs> uh, usually it's my uh, job to put my foot in my mouth like that.
1: <laughs> well, no. So this is the thing. It's the whole thing is that it's this idea that that standard of beauty is what has like driven her to this. And it's yeah. her journey should be about her being like, wait a minute, it doesn't matter what I look like okay. everyone is beautiful, all that stuff. But the final form thing. So she's sub-
0: her, her final form is just older. <laughs> That's what it is.
1: Well, so like right now she is she's just this bald person who walks around in a hood. And I think let's yeah. see how how can we elevate her? Well, maybe um,
0: she finds a magic wig that magic wig. that um, supersedes the the curse, right? And well, it has the ability to restore her beauty. But she puts it on. And she says. You know what? I don't need that. I've learned to love myself. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think. Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> mm, okay, okay. No, no, <laughs> no. I was, I, cause I was thinking a thought while you were talking, and I just wanted to say it first. I like that idea. There may Oops. be a magical wig okay. that, that she can pursue. Um, but I did want to say that. Um, for anyone who has watched, uh, the movie Stardust, the way that the witch sisters look, uh, before they get hot again when they're wearing <laughs> those ratty old, uh, yarn like dreadlock wig things, that's yeah. kind of the thing that she would like. If she put on a pretty wig, it would transform into that. She'd be like, "Okay, crap, cool. nothing yeah. looks pretty on me." Yeah. So, let's say, okay, I'm going to spin a, a quick little story. I think she targeted uh, a beauty queen that she was going to attack and uh, and ruin her chances. And that girl is this person we've mentioned before, who is, her talent is counseling, yes. and she has been talking to Katie and kind of helping Katie uh, in little baby steps to kind of admit that she has a problem and try and work towards being better and, yeah. you know, getting over her these roadblocks that she has put into her life every
0: time she does a good deed like a single hair grows back
1: You know what I like that actually, yeah. yeah. Is that her? She starts to have peach fuzz, yeah. As she starts to be like nicer, cool. and she's like, "Oh my god, this yeah. is great! Like, it's it's working."
0: She goes from like a like a cool badass buzz cut to like a little bob cut to like a shoulder, <laughs> you know, like a Rachel, a shoulder length hair down oh. to like horse girl hair down to your back. So
1: that would be eventually. I think that would be with a lot of progress. I think right yeah, now yeah, she a has
0: lot a lot of good deeds. A
1: lot of good deeds. Right now she has a little bit of peach fuzz because she's been making good progress. So let's say yes. Uh, I think somebody comes along, maybe just a. a an agent of chaos comes along and they see this person. I think they're automatically drawn to, you know,
0: easily Hair. tempted
1: individuals people who are suffering or weak or whatever yeah. maybe this is some kind of magical like dark fay creature and they come to them and they and they offer Katie this thing this maybe this beautiful wig they say yeah. it's like oh I see your problem you don't want to listen to that girl she's not actually helping you you think this peach fuzz is progress no this is this is a, what a quitter would say is progress <laughs> like what you need is this like magical wig that if you put it on you'll look just as you did 12 years ago when this whole shenanigans yeah, started okay. and so that person is kind of tempting her and I think uh, her, her new friend an ally who I don't know let's say her name is Meg yeah. Meg comes in and she sees this happening she's like no do not do what that person don't is telling you don't
0: believe this manipulative wig salesman I've seen it a thousand times I've been on the on the pageant circuit for decades exactly I, it's snake every oil every time there's one of these clowns shows up trying to sell magic wigs and I tell you what they're not worth it and then she would rip off uh, her own hair and she's like see it doesn't work oh <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think so with this whole final form thing, I think maybe for a moment, Katie succumbs to the offer and she grabs a hold of the wig and she like throws it on her head and i don't know this is getting very dramatic in my visual idea like a big like i don't know vortex would start swirling around her a
0: vortex of hair yeah yeah. like imagine if a tornado ran through a barber shop before they had a chance to sweep up exactly yeah
1: Yeah. i think all the stuff is happening and maybe whatever object they give the person if they actually accept it and put it on it will kind of suck like their energy from them maybe they're there's a fake creature that's like this it like feeds off of people yeah, okay. Kind of like a um uh, a death eater, but like not a those, death eater.
0: Isn't there it's like a it's like a little ghost that sits on your back or something right, like that, exactly. right? And like saps your energy until you slowly die. Yeah. Yeah. One of those.
1: It's something like that.
0: Add us listeners, what's the name of the ghost that uh jumps on your back and slowly saps your energy? Exactly. I'm pretty sure that's a thing.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. So it's yep. something like that. So for a while she's like getting succumbed by it and it's it's sucking her energy away.
0: Man, that's that's crazy that it but it's a wig. That...
1: Yeah. And so it puts it on her and she's like, Ah, she's like kind of screaming and all this stuff. And I think Meg is there and she's like, no, like, come on, you can do this. Just take the wig off.
0: Overpower the hair. Yeah, right. <laughs> do it.
1: Um, yeah. And I think what she does is actually Meg is is there and she's saying to her, she's giving her compliments and she's like, remember all the things we talked about? She's like, you're really smart and you're really funny and you have all these skills and you don't, doesn't matter what you look like and all this other stuff. And eventually, um, she does believe that in herself from this, in, like this encouragement that her friend is giving her and she rips the wig off and all of this darkness kind of slithers yeah. away And the person who had offered it to her before, who originally probably looked incredibly beautiful and fashionable, (laughs) is actually this like creepy (laughs) little
0: shriveled into a little goblin. Exactly.
1: This little like skeletal thing. And it's like, and it like runs off. I Uh,
0: also you know what? I love the idea that she she pulls off the wig and underneath it a full head of hair well, exactly. for the first time in, yeah. in 12 years. Yeah,
1: I think she she rips it off and she falls to the ground and she like automatically grabs her hood and Meg is there and she's like, no, you don't need that. <laughs> like, look in the mirror and she looks and it's it's her little peach fuzz head yeah. but she sees herself and she's like, I look really cute. <laughs> She's like, also, it doesn't matter what I look like because I'm a nice person and I have nice friends. <laughs> and it would be a cute little message like that.
0: This is maybe the most positive character growth I think we've ever had on the show. Generally speaking, our, our characters, when they evolve, they tend to trend downwards. Yeah, I right. Uh, I, I like that a lot, overcoming their own self uh imposed kind of prejudices and, yeah. and things like that that's really sweet and, yeah. and lovely i like it
1: i think actually oh you know what uh the creepy little thing that shriveled away yeah. is revealed that was actually the person who was running this beauty pageant and so when that <laughs> oh, is revealed, trying to steal all
0: the beauty from, well exactly from when that, that, that is yeah.
1: revealed they dismantle the beauty pageant and they're like this is no longer a beauty pageant this can be a like a talent show maybe we're all going to talk <laughs> about our skills and our abilities and that's what this will be it,
0: it's, Everyone's it's a beauty a winner. pageant where every single person wins and they just don't judge anyone <laughs> you just sign up and then they hand you a sash and they're like congratulations you're a winner yeah it's a big
1: affirmation thing i like that uh i think uh she also definitely falls in love with meg uh, yeah, okay. and she's like i'm so in love with you and she's yeah. like i love you too dude i've loved you from the start <laughs>
0: I love you too, dude. I love you too, dude. Yeah. yeah so. That's a, uh, you know, those those five magic words. I love you too. Yeah, five words. Yeah. <laughs> those five <laughs> magic words that will just pierce even the coldest and darkest of hearts. I'll I love, love you, too. you too, comma, dude. Dude. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's how i express my love um yeah i think they they go off and they they start a little uh like summer camp together where they a summer camp for girls where they help them uh see how special everyone is as they are
0: wow this is really great i feel like i've just like overcome some of my own prejudices here in listening to you tell the story so thank you (laughs) i've been i've been therapized
1: wow so there we go what is your modifier well okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) My modifier that I got here was my kryptonite. Mm -hmm. So that means that I have to now introduce a crippling, horrifying, debilitating weakness for Mr. Clean. Mr. Dirty,
1: maybe? Mr. Dirty? I don't know. Mr. Clean sounds better because he's obsessed
0: with cleanliness. Luther Luther the Cleaner. Um, Yeah. So I think maybe, you know, this might be a little obvious, but I kind of like the idea that not only is Luther extremely... You know, OCD in particular about cleanliness, everything being super, super, uh, neat and organized and tidy all the time. Maybe they're actually like a germaphobe or they are, they, they have like a fear of messes or of disorder or of chaos or something yeah. like that. And I think that's a thing that makes sense that would arise out of their, they're, you know, we would call it like monk training, but it was actually probably more like an indoctrination process where they're kind of tricking them into thinking that, Hey, any mess you see, you better clean it up. Because if you don't, we're all going to jail. Right. So whenever they encounter a mess, it probably makes them like physically anxious or physically ill. And so they really can't stop, but to clean these things up. Um, I mean, that's if I wanted a cleaner, that would be a great trait for them to have. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, I sort of like that, that it's something that they have to overcome if they want to ever escape this life because they're constantly going to be looking for that next, you know, th- that, that next high. They're, they're always trying to like get over this thing. And instead of actually getting over it, they're sort of enabling it and, and feeding into the sphere a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, and you know, maybe we could solve that through magical means. Maybe we could solve that through, you know, a dear friend who helps, you know, walk them through their problems like therapy style. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's so many options to look at that in D and D. If mm-hmm. you view this as something that's like a curse, maybe you find a powerful wizard and you say, Hey, what do I have to do to get you to, to break this awful tendency on me? What do I have to do to get you to help me leave my horrible past behind me? Right. Or maybe it's something where they do have to go on like a, an actual, journey and find something else to focus their mind on. So they just have to go on this great pilgrimage to, you know, to find a new obsession. Um, And is retargeting their obsession? Is that a healthy way of dealing with this? Who knows? Maybe this would be an interesting conversation to have with the party. Maybe that's something that kind of they, they fall into a group of travelers and they're not sure if this is the best way to solve things. And traveling together, they start to open up and they start to, you know, be more honest with each other about this. And you know, there might be people at your table that say, maybe you should have gone with the wizard. The wizard probably could have helped this in a more final way. Yeah. You know? I think that would be interesting to explore all of those different options there. Um. Meanwhile, this mob is probably chasing after them trying to get their perfect cleaner back.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you think it's within your character's power to, I don't know, develop different coping mechanisms to deal with their like obsessive need to clean? Is they do you think it's Something that someday they would be okay if they saw a little mess. They'd be like,
0: that's fine. (laughs) They look at their fingernails and there's a little dirt under them and they're like "Uh," and they just put their hand back in their pocket. They're like, it's okay. It's fine, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I I mean, we all want to root for characters that are strong, Mm -hmm. right? That's the kind of character that we can really get behind and support. That isn't necessarily always the most interesting kind of character, Mm -hmm. but that's sympathetic and relatable and someone that we, you know, we want to follow, right? Um, I think it is something that it could kind of go either way. If they are pushed into a, a leadership role and they're someone that is kind of at the front of this party of adventures and they're always trying to like protect other people, I think the other people in the party would want to kind of lift them up and help them become stronger. But if they're somebody who's just sort of a hired you know, a hired sword or, a you know, kind of a a tag along just doing it to solve their own problems, they may not end up developing a support system in their party that would actually be able to help them overcome this. So they might have to resort to magical means to do it.
1: You know, I like what you said earlier, where if they are a leader and they have A responsibility i feel like that's something that i've seen in somewhat similar um movies or stories before yeah is especially introducing like a child character or something yeah that you grow so attached to this person which it sounds like they've never really had a personal connection before yeah and now suddenly it's like oh I could stay here and take care of this mess obsessively like I always would, or I could save Timmy from falling into the river. And I think I'm going to go save Timmy. (laughs) For sure. And they start to, because they're thinking of someone else first, it helps them kind of get over some of these problems. That's a
0: really good point. And I bet that's something they've dealt with a lot is that, you know, there are a ton of crimes they could have prevented Mm -hmm. that they were too busy hiding other crimes, you know, because of, right? Like if, if they can, prevent crimes from ever happening. They won't there's have to no go and clean up clean. all of them. Yeah, there's no messes, right? So hey. maybe that's kind of a, a good redirection of this. And that could be kind of like an aha moment for Luther is that he would say, ah, you know what, it's it's better off if I if I just kind of nip all these problems right in the bud. You know, go to the source of it. Don't treat the symptoms, treat mm-hmm. the disease, right? So As I can actually were.
1: I can see that having a very positive effect, but I can also see a very dark uh, reading of that solution because what if, you know, you can say, oh well, if I just prevent crimes from happening, then there won't be any messes? Or the person could go super extreme and say, you know what, humanity is dirty. If yeah. I removed humanity, there totally. would be no more messes. Totally.
0: Go go like GLaDOS style here. Exactly. we have been it's like, playing portal two and that's like the the nuclear option, right? It's yeah. just Humans are inefficient. We've got to do tests, you know? we got to murder all the humans so we can do this better.
1: It's like, here's the thing. I'm going to wrap all of you up into tiny little cocoons so you can't move and I'm going to pour bleach over you. And it's fine because you have feeding tubes and so you're still alive, but everything's clean and in its place.
0: You might feel a slight tingling uh it will probably be an unpleasant tingling but Mm -hmm. you know what it means that it means that we're bleaching the sin away that's how you do it hopefully
1: he chooses the uh the nice route and not the extreme dark route (laughs)
0: absolutely uh yeah i i like that i like where that leaves us off with with our boy luther Luther i like giving two options but i'm kind of leaning more towards the the happy we should both have happy resolutions yeah, this week we never, never do that we need a happy ending once in a while in Yay. these trying times that we're all faced with here <laughs> so uh yeah luther and katie yeah two anti-heroes turned anti-anti-heroes hey
1: a nice go. happy ending for them yeah, by the way is a lich is that kind of the the creature we were thinking of no
0: a lich is like a Basically like a super powerful, like, immortal zombie wizard, okay. basically. They, is... they, they, like, put their soul in, like, a little mm, phylactery, gotcha. and then as long as the phylactery survives, they'll survive okay. forever. Okay. Maybe
1: I'm thinking of just because it sounds like a leech. Yeah. So that's why I thought of that. That's probably what you're anyway, thinking of. Anyway, I'll look up some weird yeah. fairy creatures that suck essences out of people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exist. yeah. 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 Cool. I like it. Well, let's go ahead and hop on over into the next segment of the show here, the rec room, where yeah. we have a couple of really cool recommendations for you sure do. this week. Uh, actually, one recommendation <laughs> this week, not a couple. Uh, it's a, a really cool game that we got. I think you got it as a, a Christmas gift yeah. a few years ago. It's Disney's Villainous. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of like a strategy card battling game where each player uh plays as a different villain from a different Disney movie mm-hmm. and you have all of these different kind of each one has their own like deck of cards, and it's sort of about outsmarting and out strategizing the other the other people. And so yeah. you know, I can play as Captain Hook and I'm, you know, murdering lost boys left and right, and that's giving me points, but you're playing as scar and you're trying to like you know eat wildebeest and that's how you get points or you know whatever. well that's what i think is so yeah. funny
1: about it is that the the way you win is by achieving certain objectives yes based on the villains like goals and plot yeah um and i think we've joked about it before because there are extension packs you can get different villain characters yeah. and it starts you off with kind of the core and most popular disney villain options yeah. but i think we were joking earlier we're like what if isn't Corella Deville in one of the extension yeah, packs? Yeah. And it's like literally, it's like how many puppies can yeah, you murder? Yeah, the goal is
0: murder dogs. It's like, like oh, no. you
1: did it, you win. It's like I don't know if I want to win though. <laughs> like,
0: For sure, yeah. Well, and that's kind of the fun thing about it is it it's generally, you know, we're we're not actually doing these things, but it's sort of fun to play in that space, <laughs> right? Yeah, but. Cruella de has always been someone where, you know, I, I'm i more sympathetic towards someone that's trying to end the world than somebody who's trying to murder a bunch of dogs for no reason. Right, you because, know what I mean? yeah, no <laughs> one wants that. Somehow the most irredeemable Disney villain is the one who just murders dogs.
1: <laughs> Which, by the way, can we just talk about how insanely crazy it is that they are actually going forward with making a yeah, the uh, prequel, prequel story, story for yeah. Cruella Deville? You can't do it. I yeah. don't care what you say. I'm stating right now, there's no way you can make a character who later in her life murders Puppies to be sympathetic,
0: but Piper. All the other live-action Disney prequels have been so good. So what a strange uh, break from the pattern that would be. No way, Jose. Sarcasm. Yeah. Sorry.
1: (laughs) Nah. The only thing I could possibly imagine is that you can tell me that her entire family was torn apart by dogs, and that's why she wants (laughs) to kill puppies. But even still, that hardly justifies killing innocent puppies who are not involved in the murder of your family. It
0: justifies murdering maybe like one or two dogs, but all hundred and one of them—that's a little much. If you ask me. Overkill. I think you've
1: got your revenge out of the way.
0: I think you have the right to murder as many dogs as were involved in the murder of your family Mm -hmm. and any dog, a single dog's hair further is just too much. Yeah. So
1: Okay, now I'm go. thinking about it. what Know I, your
0: limits what, limits.
1: what I bet they're probably going to do, they're probably going to try and do a Wicked in which it's not supposed to be that it's leading up to the events of 101 Dalmatians. They'll probably do a weird spin where someone, at the end of her movie, someone will tell the story of 101 Dalmatians, but because they don't like Cruella, yeah. they'll be like, she was the one who was trying to kill all the puppies. So it's and sort of an unreliable narrator yeah. situation. Which, yeah. Veto, garbage. Yeah. <laughs> don't make that movie, Disney. It
0: won't work. Yeah, but they will. So yeah, too bad. Uh, that's our rec room this week, though. Is <laughs> don't uh, watch don't, it. don't watch that. Don't murder dogs unless dogs murdered someone close to you. Then find out how many dogs it was, and you can you're allowed to murder that many dogs, uh, and then go and buy Disney's villainous and yes, play it. Absolutely. Uh, and play that's, is the good villains. That's what we recommend here so. <laughs> this is a, a hearty rec room this yeah. week I think. Yeah. Intense. We've also got Piper, a little a little Jump in the in the thank tank here. Yes, we I do. Think, here. Yes. What, what do we got?
1: Um, this week we are sending a thank to Angus, who on Twitter is at ngcosmicpostman. Yes. Uh, and uh, Angus was very uh nice to send us a little tweet saying that they were listening to our cowboy episode and they enjoyed that we chose the name Angus for one of our main characters.
0: <laughs> As I believe we called it a noble and powerful name or something uh, like noble that. Noble and upper class. Noble name. and upper class. Yes. yes. <laughs>
1: well, Angus, you have a wonderful <laughs> name, and we like it for cowboys who eat steaks and we like it for uh wonderful listeners who listen to our show for sure and tell us that they like our content so yeah. thank you very much
0: we appreciate everybody who's listening to the show at, at you know whether you're caught up with it or you know wherever you're at mm-hmm. um the cowboys episode is one of our favorites i think so it's cool to know that people are still going back and enjoying those ones that's really exciting and fun for us so yeah thank you all of you and especially this week thank you angus for yeah. for being a, a badass listener uh i think though That's That's about it we got for the show. So, Piper, if anybody does want to reach out to us, Angus Mm -hmm. style, uh, where can they go to go do that?
1: Well, you just have to uh, whisper in a little birdie's ear and have them send a tweet uh, Mm -hmm. to us at World Forge Pod on Twitter. Or uh, you can go and find a little snail and type some words on his back and send us an email. uh,
0: If you have a label maker, that'll work, too, actually. Yeah, just put put a label maker on a good old snail. snail. All
1: snails know where to find us. Yeah. Uh, They know us by heart.
0: I think send them to Mark Zuckerberg's house and then he (laughs) will forward it to us via appropriate channels. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, but yes, you can uh, send us some snail mail. Uh, just kidding. An email. Um, <laughs> you can do that. We are... Uh, we're
0: <laughs> this is almost as bad as the stupid AOL download. <laughs> yeah, right. AOL CD, trial CD uh, uh,
1: option. <laughs> yeah. We are worldforgepod at gmail.com. Send us an yes, email if you are. want. <laughs> Tell us how yes. dumb we are.
0: Yes, worldforgepod at gmail and at worldforgepod on Twitter. Either way, uh, we love hearing feedback from you listeners if you have critiques or if you've used our stories in any interesting ways. We've we've had a couple people reach out to us recently about uh, using some of our creations in their games. That is so much fun mm-hmm. for us to hear. Alex on Twitter just recently used our uh, or I, I believe actually tonight or tomorrow is using our introductory story with the wedding uh, in their D&D game. That's so much fun Yay. for us to hear. Thanks. So please, please uh, consider reaching out to us if you end up using anything or if you have uh, additions to these stories. And if you really want to be supportive, consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or, you know, your podcasting app of choice. A lot. Most apps let you do that right in app. It is the best way that you can support the show completely for free. Uh, it just does so much to help get our show in front of new listeners, and it's also just really fun for us. It it boosts our egos, and it's it's very exciting. So a five star review and a nice little comment uh, goes a long, long, long way. So consider doing that as well, please.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Please and thank you.
0: Please and thank you. And that is all that we have for you this week. So we will uh, go ahead and let you all get back to your uh, whatever you're doing. You're not commuting anymore, <laughs> but uh, whatever it is that you're up to right now, where you're listening, go back to cooking dinner or whatever, yeah, laying and laying on beaches, yeah, drinking my. We will be back again next week after a nice little vacation actually that we're going on. We're, we're Heck be yeah, gone we'll for give a few you days.
1: those dates next we time. We will.
0: And uh yeah, just uh yeah, stay cool listeners. We love you all. Goodbye. Goodbye.